Um, thank you so much. Thank um, you, Danielle. For it, is it Luca? Or it Luca? is Luca. Yeah, Luca. it's Luca. Yeah, cool. Yeah. How how do you pronounce your name? Danielle. And it's Weber. Well, some people say Danielle, but it's I think it's Danielle. yeah. Yeah, a I, lot I, of I actually don't Australians know. Australians pronounce it Danielle. Um, so I thought I'd ask before I mispronounce. To be it. fair, I actually don't know. <laughs> but are you like super sensitive? No, nah, I don't care. <laughs> you don't care. Nah. <laughs> yeah, because I know a lot of people are. But but I think thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I really do appreciate no, thank it. Thank you for having me. Um, in my head, I'm just like after reaching out to you and then doing my research, I'm just like, oh my goodness, she's been on like fifty thousand podcasts. Already. <laughs> We love Why is she still doing this? We love talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's so good. I think my first question is, how are you doing? Uh, generally speaking, um, I think it's been a roller coaster of a year, I guess, from yes. what I've gathered Yes. Uh, for your career. And how are you feeling now that the year is coming to an end? What have you gathered and how? what are you looking forward to in the coming year? Yeah, it's, uh, thank you for asking. Look, it's, I think it's been, I had like a really crazy busy year and then um, I almost had like a bit of a quiet period and then went into this crazy experience, um, whirlwind, which I think when people see, you know, highlights, they they don't always believe that there's always lows and, and there's, you know, there's a bit of a roller coaster that you're traveling on. So, um I got back probably three weeks ago and I'm only just picking, uh, feeling like myself again, which is interesting. So, um, you know, look, I, I didn't rest enough and I traveled 25 hours to New York and came back and I didn't sleep for a couple of weeks. And they're, they're like other forms of discipline that then take a lot out of your body and mind and soul. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to just getting some momentum back on murals and back in the studio. And I think, yeah, I think next year is going to be a great year. So I think, um, it's a great question to ask and yeah, hopefully I answered that honestly, that it, the highs are amazing, but they're definitely, it's definitely a roller coaster. Yeah, I I appreciate you being vulnerable and being open and being honest because I think uh, a lot of the time what we do get to see on social media, what we do get to see in the news and in the highlights and the front pages is the highs and not so much the lows, you know what I'm saying? So I think I I find so much value in sitting down with creators and um, asking them these questions and which allows people to also see them as human beings (laughs) because, you know, they kind of like, amped up to being these super incredible people doing super incredible things um and not really understanding i think for you you kind of have built an intense fan base and it can get to a point where people are just waiting for the next big thing it's like flip i need to rest yes yeah and the the pressure Mm. that if you feel like you're not doing enough um you know or even just people pushing and pulling and um I think, yeah, like you only can do so much. And I think that that, like if, you know, at the end of the day, like really the only person putting pressure on yourself on you is yourself. So I think you can, you just learn to not listen to the external pressures too much and and just do what you can. So yeah, crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. And I I think on that topic of external pressures, I think, uh, like I mentioned, you've built an incredible fan base and incredible following, um, on social media. Um, 
but I, which is a positive thing. But I think what I've also noticed is that with with growth and with more reach, you also tend to attract people who don't necessarily like what you're doing or aren't very supportive. You know what I'm saying? So have you experienced that um, with your work and how have you navigated that space? Definitely, but I, I don't like... I always say just stay in your lane and if someone has something negative to say, I wonder how they have, like I know I don't have the capacity or like I feel like I don't have enough hours in the day. So if someone has like taken the time out of their day to say something bad to me, I'm like, wow, how did they even have the time like or the capacity to to do that? So I almost like I feel a bit of a, a sadness because I'm like, you know, they're, they're not feeling fulfilled in some way, shape or form that they feel like they have to message me and, and say, you know, oh, this sucks. Like, what are you doing? Um, and I think I just have a really neutral approach to, you know, I've heard things like artists say things, uh, um, you know, oh, she's commercial, like she actually doesn't know how to paint. And and me, I'm just like, if, if people are creating, that makes me happy. I don't really care what they're doing. As long as they're creating and doing something they love, um, that, 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 that's awesome. So I feel like I don't really, like I do, in all fairness, like out of all the press, um, Australian press and radio press I did in over the last few weeks, I had like maybe two or three really nasty messages sent in my DMs and I just delete them straight away. And like they, I end up laughing because they literally have a conversation <laughs> to themselves because like they're still sending messages through and I'm just like deleting yeah. all of them laughing. I'm like, oh my God, they're dedicated to the cause. Like they're still going. <laughs> they're literally just talking to they're themselves. Committed. They're so committed. Um, and even if I get negative comments, I just delete them. It's just you know, we only have so much energy and I feel like if I can put my energy into something positive, um, there's so many people who send me beautiful messages that I maybe don't get time to respond to. So my attitude is if I give that 0.5% airtime, I'm doing a disservice to the people who are doing great things for me. Come so, now. I love, I love that mentality. Yeah. I appreciate that mentality so much. And I think um, you're right. Um, we only have so many hours in the day. Uh, for them, spending them do- spending their time doing that is quite sad, literally, uh, really. And like you're saying, you kind of feel sad for them. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But on your on your part as well, it's like you only have so many hours in the day. And if you're like spending it focusing on the negative things instead of focusing on the positive things to lift you up, um, like you're saying, you're doing a disservice. Um, I think on that topic of hours in a day, um, you've had a crazy couple of weeks, like you've already mentioned earlier. How are your days structured? Like, how do you make sure you get everything that needs to be done? Look, that's something I'm still trying to figure out. I think for someone, um, I do get, I'm aware that like my mental health, I sometimes struggle. So I do believe routine is probably a better option for me, but it just is not realistic. Like from murals to prints to brand collaborations to running exhibitions to podcasts, I no day looks the same. So I think I've come to terms with the fact that I, like, as much as I would try to structure some routine, it's never going to be, um, you know, what others maybe say is, is more appropriate for someone like me, um, especially someone who gets distracted. So to get everything done, I just write a million lists. Um, if I kick off my day with you know, not getting stuck in a social media rut or, um, you know, getting up in the morning and doing something for myself first before I do something for everyone else. I think that's a big way to start your day. Going to the gym, if I can't get that in, you know, I make a really nice breakfast and, and enjoy 
some time to myself or, you know, enjoy a cup of tea, enjoy the simple things. Um, and then I just, I do just work really long hours. Like I got here at eight o'clock yesterday and I've left at eight o'clock. So it's generally 12 hour days. And look, if I feel like working, I work. If I feel like I, if I feel like not doing anything, I generally try and listen and say, okay, tomorrow's a new day. Let's not push it. Cause I, um, I have learned that breaks are really important for productivity as well because you end up not getting as much done if you don't take that hour break where you think you're wasting time. So, um, yeah, I think breaks are really important. I tend to just go, 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 and then, like, have a couple of rest days and then go, go, go and have a couple of rest days. So um, everything works for everyone differently. It's funny because I was laughing with my partner this morning you know, everyone says, get your eight hours sleep. And we've both had like six <laughs> hours sleep the last few nights. And he texted me this morning. He's like, I know this sounds backwards, but let's have less sleep. And I'm like, we literally think about resting all the time. And now we're saying don't have any sleep. So um, I think you just the key there is just listen to your body about how much you can put into a day and listen mm. to your mind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I think there's a lot of, I guess, world norms or I guess the way society wants us to work. Like you just mentioned off camera that you got like six hours sleep and I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, like you rightfully said, everything works differently for everybody, you know? Um, and what's important is to listen to your body. When you feel tired, take that time off, you know? Um, and I think sometimes, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but I think sometimes working on a strict schedule that's like, unfiltered and unchanged is very difficult because we change as well as humans you know what i'm saying so who i was you know six months ago is not who i am today and what i'm busy with six months ago is not what i'm busy with today so i need to be able to adjust and change uh, and listen to my body but i think you also mentioned something very important uh, in there was uh you know about like being anxious about stuff at times and listening to your mind is also very important you know what i'm saying um and it's vital and i think it's something that's probably not spoken about as much. And I think it's definitely getting more light now, which I'm really happy about. But I think for yourself personally, uh, is there any particular link between your art, your work and, you know, anxiety and, you know, finding a release through your art? Definitely. Look, I think mm. um, I just took a photo of a piece this morning and I've sort of decided to call it um, Renaissance or like Rebirth. And I think, I think my art used to be a lot more of an outlet. And then the more that, you know, you put pressure on yourself to grow, sometimes you, you don't because you're searching for something more and, and then you sort of suppress that um, expression or that flow or that, you know, that, as you said, is, is it something that links with your anxiety and dealing with, um, you know, I guess your mind, um, but yeah, what I'm trying to say is I think it was more of an outlet uh, when I first started. And I think I'm itching to get back there. I want to feel how I felt when I was trying to figure it all out and not overthinking everything. I think the more we know is sometimes more dangerous because you, you know, the the more you progress, the more knowledge you have, um, the more I overthink things, I feel. So um, sometimes, you know, it's like the innocence of a child, they don't know any better. So the freedom that they feel is so beautiful. Whereas as you grow older and your life becomes more complex and there's more avenues to take, I feel like that's when we start to doubt, you know, what 
what's what stemmed or like what's how it all started so I think that's something I'm figuring out as I go along and I think I'll always be figuring it out you know how much how to get back to that outlet what what else can I channel or do I try different mediums do I try different forms of expression so I think that's something that people think you have figured out but as you evolve as you mentioned before as you evolve and as you change as a person that's always going to change too and I think when we structure our life too much or we have this plan we get disappointed when things don't go our way so I think you need a happy medium between the two but um definitely finding the outlet is so important and that will evolve too I appreciate that and I think uh, there's so much truth in what you've said in that I think when we start off um there's kind of like this purity in what we're doing um this genuine passion for the art, you know, whatever it is, whatever art, uh, ex- form of art expression we're into. Um, but ultimately, we also want to put food on the table and keep a roof over our head. So a commercial side to this thing does tend to come up and it's a dream, you know, it's a dream to be able to turn your passion into your work as well. Uh, but you can easily lose that aspect of um that process uh, that separated you from the world, you know, because you're, you're trying to meet deadlines, you're trying to satisfy clients and it, it becomes more of a project that allows you to become the best commercial version of yourself instead of the best expressive version of yourself where, where none of them are terrible. Uh, I think there just needs to be a balance between the two. So like you're saying, it's something that, uh, takes time and probably never ends in terms of figuring it out you need to constantly remind yourself and i think have a good circle of people who can keep you grounded and keep you um aware and awake of where you're at and kind of you know navigating through that process i appreciate you sharing that i think that's a huge point i think that's definitely a huge point um but i'm very curious to know how you grew up uh i think i've only just I haven't known you a long time, but all I've seen is you now grown up and blown up. <laughs> I, <don't mind>. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> grown up and blown up. But um, I, I, I'm very curious to know what your upbringing was like, what it was like growing up, where you grew up, and if there was any link at all in terms of art and expressive creativity uh, in your upbringing that led you to this very point. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So... Look, I was very fortunate to grow up um, with a beautiful support network and a beautiful family. I was drawing probably from two or three years old. I would watch my brother and copy him and sit next to him and draw for hours on end. And then, you know, not growing up um, wealthy, which is very like, you know, an average family and mum and dad worked really, really hard. Um, you know, there were some tough times there where dad's businesses went under. Um, but I'm grateful for that because we didn't have, you know, PlayStation. We didn't have any technology. Um, we did have, you know, a TV and we were allowed, I think I was half an hour a day, whether that was like <laughs> Tetris on the black and white <laughs> computer or the half an hour TV, we could choose. Um, that was crazy. Yeah. So look, and, and but mum was so proactive. It was always hands-on. Like she'd have Play-Doh, Play-Doh made, like she'd hand make her Play-Doh um you know or there'd be a cooking activity 
and it was always hands-on or like we'd be I'd be in the garden I used to love gardening and I loved cooking and I think I was three years old when mum got home and she found me on the bench and she's like what are you doing I was like I'm making a cake and I'd literally made a cake from scratch, a chocolate cake from scratch with no recipe, obviously. I was three years old. Unreal. And no the only thing I forgot was sugar. So. Um, but it was edible though. Yeah, apparently. Or maybe she At just tells me years. that. Yeah, apparently. What the? Yeah. But I think it wasn't even like the food element. It was like getting my hands dirty and like doing things. Mm, like So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very lucky. And obviously I spent a lot of time with my grandparents being the youngest and they had big veggie gardens. And I remember I just used to love going in the gardens and I was so fascinated by animals and the outdoors. So um, I think that then stemmed into obviously, you know, I had a creative flair. That side of my brain was, you know, I had, a, I had that spark when I was younger and then I started watercolour. Uh, which I was always encouraged to do anything, you know, drawing watercolour. They got me the um, paints and things like that. And I started watercolour when I was nine and then I started acrylic painting soon after that. So I, I was always painting. Then I went through a period in my teenage years um, when I hung out with the wrong people and art wasn't really in my life at all. Uh, and then I sort of started painting late teens again. So um, I was a bit rebellious at school and, um, you know, they say art saves you and I do believe it sort of brought me back and, and I remembered where my roots were. So I think it's really, really beautiful. And, yeah, I think the support, that that's probably the biggest thing is when I people say, you know, obviously I've done the hard work but I've had so much support from my family and I wouldn't be able to do what I do without them. So credit to them, definitely. No, absolute shout out to the family for that. Um, I think it's such a huge part of any individual success, creative or not. Uh, it's a steady support system, no matter where it's coming from, you know. And I think it coming from the people you trust the most, like, you know, it could either go really bad in them not believing in you and then in turn you not believing in yourself or it could go really well in them believing in you and no matter what you believe in yourself no matter what the world says you know um if your family's got your back then it's like i've got every reason to keep going so um i think uh praise to them for for that kind of support and it's 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 a beautiful story honestly <laughs> to know where, where where it comes from your success and where you are now uh it's it's such a beautiful thing to hear my mum would always paint and i'd watch her like she did like silk painting and i'd watch her in awe and like she says that she can't paint but she definitely can and my dad with my dad's a chef so they're both very creative beings so and and your siblings are any of them funny my brother he's an engineer and my sisters um like she did she works for KPMG as a con- in consultancy, and um, so it's yeah. So it's very, very different. Damn. We're very different. I do believe like they're both creative in their own ways, and I think my brother, he's an unbelievable drawer. He sees things like he, uh, he would leave me for dead. <laughs> so interesting how we all end up in different paths. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I think you mentioned something very important there, is that they're all creative in their own way, and I think everybody is. Uh, I think as human beings in our complexities, in our uniqueness and our differences, we all have different perspectives and different viewpoints. And I, I, I highly believe that everyone has a creative aspect to them. I think it's just boils down to how 
motivated we are in finding that yeah how you, you tap know? into it definitely how you tap into it and, it, and it's different for everybody you know so 100%. um I, I appreciate you saying that like even po- like podcasts i think that's a form of creativity you have to you know do your research uh, I, I don't know it is i 100 <laughs> i argue this like you have to you, it's storytelling and that is a craft in itself and the research that you do um you know you're piecing stories together the creativity and how you can angle it with the, everyone who this that is i do believe everyone um shows a form of you know in everything that we do definitely does i i do think so and I, that's what i'm trying to do uh, you mentioned storytelling there that's what i'm trying to do um and i know it's <laughs> it's difficult and because it's such a quote unquote saturated market now everybody's just hopping onto it but i think that creative aspect comes in figuring out how can I make it different? You know, what can I say? What can I bring to the table that hasn't been done before? And like I was saying, I was watching uh, or doing research into you and it's like 50,000 podcasts. I'm like, surely like there's nothing she hasn't been asked before. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) No, (laughs) I feel like you started it off very different. So it's beautiful. Yeah. So it's just like, how can I make the experience different? So um, it's, it's, it is storytelling and I'm, and I hope, um, as I continue to grow and meet new people, I can be able to bring out aspects of them that the world hasn't seen. I think you're doing um, an amazing job. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you, know you so much. Know how much energy I think people don't realize how much energy goes into podcasts and and all the work behind the scenes work and the research and the hours of listening. Yeah. Yep. So credit to you. Yeah, and I think um, for me, it, it definitely gives energy to me i think it fuels me up it definitely fuels me up being able to meet new people but over and above meeting new people i think it's learning from them uh because i think everybody i've met big or small in their creative journey have experienced so much in their life and have so much to offer so i I appreciate every single guest i've had but i'm just curious um from you mentioning your brother being an engineer and i think your sister working in consultancy did you go to formal school did you study anything in particular yes I did yes so I did a double degree in health sciences and arts so genius in the building (laughs) I ended up going to university I never wanted to it was never my goal and then I ended up doing quite well at school and I was like oh maybe I should you know do something and oh so anyways and I wanted to do health science and then my parents were like nope where's your art and I was like I'm not going to make a living out of being an artist (laughs) but they did encourage me to do the double degree which sort of kept me painting and very black and white like it's two completely different um degrees but very different Mm. so and yeah you you point out something uh interesting there and you mentioned I I I really didn't want to do art because who really makes it as an artist? You know what I'm saying? Um, so there is this um, kind of, I don't know if stigma is the right word, towards like being a creative person and actually earning a decent living as a creative. Um, so my question is like, what do you think, that was then, right? And you've obviously grown and the world has changed. What do you think of the current space we are living in now in terms of that narrative, that perspective of being a creative and actually earning a living? Uh, you think it's changing? Do you think it's getting better? Or do you think there's still more work to be done? I I would love to say that we've advanced a lot in the last, let's say, five, ten years. Well, I'll say ten years because that's how long I've been on this journey for. So in terms of opportunity and in terms of the support that we have in the arts, I think it has advanced a lot. But in terms of the stigma that is still attached and the naivety 
that people have, um, whether that be in their approach to engage an artist or whether that be someone on the street. Um, I can speak from firsthand that I know when I'm painting on the street, I have one nice comment and then 10 stupid questions. <laughs> so, um, and that's, you know, oh, what's your real job? Or, oh, do you just do this for fun? Oh, like, is this just your hobby? If I just give you my wall, can you just come and paint something? Um, and, you know, and it's even people who have built business relationships for years. They'll call me up and say, hey, like, can you come and let paint live? I'm like, yeah, cool. There's going to be a fee. And they're like, oh, no, we don't have budget. And I'm like, sorry, I didn't call you last week to work for free for a week. Like, it's not. So there, there still is a lot of that. Um, it's frustrating at times and you do feel defeated. But in saying that, it still adds fuel to my fire in a sense that I know we have a long way to go and I want to change that narrative for creatives. Um, and I think the only way we can do that is if we have these open conversations that like, no, it's not okay for you to ask how much an artist earns because you would never go up to anyone else and ask that. Or it's not okay to make passing comments um, on assum- assumptions on what they do or don't earn because, you know, in, in the normal day or in the normal jobs, your normal jobs, and we'll put it in inverted commas, um, you you would think twice about asking that. So I still think there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I believe that we have come a long way, um, but we definitely have a long way to go to. So, yeah, yeah it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's an interesting space and I'm very excited to see how it's going to change. I do think we've advanced as well, uh, largely. Um, resources are readily available to people. I think another big thing back then was that being getting into the space, you know, having a studio, having paint, having paintbrushes, having a camera and a microphone to record a podcast was like expensive. It wasn't readily available for everybody, you know, so... I think access was, is like a huge thing and it, that's available now. Technology uh, is huge in that and social media and, and the, all the platforms that are advancing. But I think it's, I think the opportunity is now um, it's more accessible to the, to the everyday rather than, you know, that 1% or 5%. Um, yeah. Definitely. And I think another huge part of it, I think is, is with us and a lot of responsibilities with us, the creators to prove to the world that 100%. it can be done. Yeah. We've you got to push saying? together, push, we got to push together. Definitely. Um, you mentioned changing the narrative there and I think you're doing a great job. You're, you know, an exquisite example of, uh, how art and creativity can, uh, be a real and genuine, like, career, you know, and, uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate what it is that you're doing. Um, not just on a global scale scale in in terms of your art, but your willingness and readiness to sit down and give off this information. You no, know, like thank you. No. plenty of things that you could be doing with your time right now. But, <laughs> um, well <laughs> I, I just know that it was a it is still I still feel like it's a lonely journey and I know how lonely it was when I was starting. So I think if I would have had a podcast few podcasts like this to sort of listen to, I'd be like, oh okay, it's not just me. You know, oh that oh I can relate to that. Oh okay, it's not just me that also goes through that. So I think it's just, you know, putting your hand up and saying you're not alone in it um, and that we all face these challenges and, and road barrier, roadblocks and, and yeah, I think we need to work together to push through them. That's, that's beautiful and I appreciate that so much. Um, but, I mean, speaking of changing the narrative for yourself personally, um, 
how did you make yourself stand out? You know, it's not every day um, that individuals get to work with people like The Rock and Steve Aoki and meet them in person. So what was it that you did that, you know, made you stand out and made people realize, oh, no, we've got something special in the building, you know, and we need to pay attention to this? Yeah, it's funny because I still ask myself that question. Uh, I mean, I was sitting sitting on the couch having a chat to The Rock um, a couple of weeks ago uh, in person and and I, I did ask him, um, I think you're the first person I've said that to, so I did say to him, I looked at him and I just laughed and I said, D, I literally said like this. I'm like, how does it happen to me? That's what I said. And he just looked at me. I'm like, honestly, though. And he's just like, you know, he goes, you, the universe, he goes, you put in the hard work, like you've put in the years, like the energy that you put out is what comes back. And that was, it's funny because it was a similar question I asked when I first met him. I was like, why did you, like, I know I'm not the best artist. I know that there's a million better artists than me. I'm like, why did you stop? And he's just like, you're you're smiling, like the energy, like you just, you're always smiling. And there was just something about you being there with your work as well. So I guess that's a key message to people. Like you actually don't have to be, and I had that conversation with him too. I said, I know I'm not the best. And he goes, well, you don't have to be the best. I'm like, but I give everything that I touch like 110%. And I think that's a key message that like you don't have to be the best carpenter, the best plumber. If you are good at like believe in yourself as a person, you've raw, you, you, and that's what he says too. He was always himself. He's never changed who he was, no matter what people say, no matter what people think. If you're staying true to that, then things will come. It might take 10 years. It might take 20 years. Um, but I think that's what has allowed me to, um, you know, come across and I guess be, um, be, I'd say blessed, but like, yeah, these, these opportunities, I don't think it's, I think, you know, when preparation, what I say, when preparation meets opportunity, I think it's all the hard yards that you do and all those moments where you're like, I'm doing this for nothing. What am I doing this for? And then something like that comes about and you're like, okay, aha moment, you know? Um, and I said that to him, it's so much greater than, not that I don't think it's a big deal, but for me, I'm like that. That's a really cool opportunity. That's insane. Um, but I said it's more about the ripple effect that showing people that anything is possible. I mm. think it's the ripple effect that 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 has on others. That's huge. No, it is huge. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I think, um, like you said, you don't have to be the best um, carpenter. You don't have to be uh, the best artist. Um, but I, I think what's standing out to me what i'm thinking what i was thinking when you were speaking is that um this opportunity or he could have stopped for any other artist you know um and i'm not saying that they wouldn't have done it but i'm saying there's something in you you know that goes beyond your art and i think it's your capacity and willingness to give back to the community i don't know if you see where i'm going with this i'm like so you've just been given this platform you've just been given this opportunity and how you're using it is not um for self-gain or self-glory it's like 
I'm going on every podcast that I get an opportunity to go on. It's like, how many other people would have done that, you know? So, um, and I think I've reached out to plenty of people who aren't even as big as you, but they're not excuse, but their reason for not coming on is that they're busy and fair and fine. People are busy. Um, and I, and I appreciate and understand that, um, no beef there, but it's like you, you make, sit, time. <laughs> you make time. You make time. You know what I'm saying. So, yeah. um, I think you're definitely a special individual, um, and I think The Rock was like right in what he was saying. It's just like <sighs> I don't know, <laughs> blessed, uh, hard work, and and I think time and patience. Um, it's very easy for people to see you now here where you are and be like, oh shucks, I want to get where she's at. But how long have you been doing this? Like you haven't been doing this small time, right? Twelve years. That's a long time. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's a long time. Um, so I think another huge lesson there is just like patience. Patience. Um, and and even now I have to remind myself, patience. You like you you we are so we're we're immune to like fast moving and instant gratification. And like it's crazy and even now I have to remind myself my partner says all the time he's like patience D like because I you know you you just want things to happen and and they just it just won't and that's why I say to people too when they're like oh my god your life must be so different since that happened last the other week and I'm like what do you think has changed like what do you actually think has changed like I'm still doing the same things every day what do you think like $10 million ended up in my bank account? I'm going to retire everyone around me. Even if I did have $10 million, I'd still be doing the same thing every day. It's not, this is not what we find fulfillment in is, you know, it's not monetary. You don't start these things for monetary gain. So it's really interesting that sometimes people's perceptions are a bit um, skewed because of what they find or what they see value in. So um, I sort of just have a laugh about it, but I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I've just stopped what I'm doing. I'm done. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, done I'm good. One opportunity. I'm, I, think I'm, I think I can finish now. Like it's, yeah, I think, yeah, no, that's, that's we're good. Mm. <laughs> so I think that's the reality of like what, you know, we see on TV and in movies. You think you hit this like one thing and, and everyone's like, oh, they're done. They're good. Finished. Um, so it's, you, ha- you have to laugh. Yeah. And I think it's it's beautiful and it's true. Like uh we mentioned earlier, it's we, we, we get into these things with uh such a pure with such pure intention, you know. It's an escape from the world. And um I think this is one of the things that makes you different. And I think this is why you have this opportunity. It's why it came to you. Uh because I definitely do think people are rewarded because their ability for self control as well, you know. Um you know, obviously sometimes it doesn't always happen that way, but I definitely do think people with an ability to be self-controlled and stay grounded are, you know, just they're just given plenty. They're just given plenty uh, because they don't squander it and they don't use it for self-gain and glory. You know, it's always kind of like being able to give back. It doesn't always work like that, unfortunately. And I think we all know that, but I think... No, and so, I think you're, so you're, sp- you're human too, you mm, know? We're human yeah. too. And that's what I was going to say as well, is like people assume that, because it's like, that's what <laughs> everybody just wants a quick fix and to retire. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think that's what makes you so special. Like I'm saying, I think I've said it like 10 times now. It's like, but it's it's so unique. It's so different. And I think it's a quality that um, everybody, you know, needs to adopt uh, or needs to learn from. Um, and so I appreciate you sharing that. It's just like, um, 
on that topic, I'm not like, okay, if people are assuming that you've made it, you've peaked in their minds, it's like, oh, okay, she's, she's made it. I'm thinking, my, my thought when, when I reached to you initially is like, what's next? You know, like what more, what more do you want? Uh, because I highly believe like there's no cap to growth Ma- uh, maturity and development like you can't cap it until you die so like for you what's next what do you hope to achieve in the coming years uh what's next that's a, it's it's interesting because usually i get all flustered and think that i need to do something huge off the back of you know um but i'm cruising i'm, I'm cruising i mean i'm in second gear at the moment uh, and I think for me, what's next is, um, you know, I'm just going to continue the, the, the smaller jobs that I was doing with murals and some of the bigger projects with brand collaborations on a bigger picture scale, um, you know, linking back to saying that I want to change the narrative for creatives. I have been building an online course, which I'm still learning and, you know, this is probably a bit of imposter syndrome and, um, you know, kicking in as well. But I feel like I'm learning so much every day that this course keeps changing and I'm like, when is the right time to to drop a course because there's always going to be more that I want to put in. So it's really interesting. Um, so I'm building an online platform for artists and creatives so they can um, – basically it's getting hard to mentor people one-on-one directly Um I find myself, you know, answering questions for two hours a day and I'm like, okay, then now I've just, I'm behind on my own things that I have to do and you got to find that balance. So hence I want to build a platform so um, to be able to collectively help a bigger group of, of creatives who want to jump on board and nurture that. Uh, and, again, I didn't have that too, so I think it's beautiful to be able to provide something that I felt wasn't um, there when I was growing and learning. And... I definitely, whether it be, you know, whether it be now or in 15 years' time, I don't believe I've untapped my true potential when it comes to painting from my experience and painting my story now. I think I think it's time for me to start telling my story through work. But, you know, I I've been storytelling other people's and connecting to my audience through people we can relate to and who have led incredible lives and I think it I need to get to that point where I'm it's not even comfortable it's like I feel like there's like I have a few barriers up at the moment because I I there's so much that I want to do and it's like oh what's priority um (laughs) so it's interesting like I don't know I don't have a timeline obviously there's some huge murals I want to do before I pack up that bag um you know I'm not giving myself a timeline but I definitely don't think I'll be doing murals for the rest of my life um so there's lots in the pipeline but I think they're more long-term um not so much goals but projects that I, I want to see evolve and grow definitely we're excited uh, to see it uh, I think we're probably not allowed to know what that is which is all right <laughs> but- we, we- insight we as I mentioned the piece before like that that was a that was an attempt to tap into it I think um you know I I laugh about the fact that I've called myself a tomboy and that you know I'm a bit masculine in a lot of sense anyone who knows me and I think I need to tap into the feminine side because there's a lot of power within that 
And I think I need to express that um, in whatever way that may look like. And I think I need to tap into that side. Definitely. And I think through that we'll have, we'll come healing and dealing with trauma and triggers and everything as well. No, we're definitely excited to see it. Um, um, the few, the last week, <laughs> that's crazy to say, but the last week I've known of your existence and been digging into your work. It's just absolutely exceptional. Um, I, I, there's so much story in your art. It's not just a portrait, you know, like it's not, just a painting there's so much context i think for people who really do take the time to stop and read what it is you're writing and read what it is you're trying to portray in your art there's so much context and so much meaning so your process is is long-winded you know you're not just sitting down taking a couple hours on a piece you're really taking your time and really thinking about how best you can express what you're trying to express so um, i'm really excited to see you try and tap into something else and try and figure out something else and i know it's not going to be an easy process obviously just like learning anything new uh but it's also exciting um and i think what's exciting about pushing your limits pushing your boundaries and getting out of your comfort zone it's not only exciting for us who's receiving it but it's also exciting for you because it's a new experience for yourself um so I'm excited for everybody involved. Um, I'm excited for the arts. I'm excited for you. And I'm excited for the people who are going to receive it as well. Um, but we spoke a little bit about success and how, you know, it's kind of viewed differently and by a lot of different people. Um, but for you, do you have a definition for what success is? Um, maybe as an artist, but I think maybe just generally speaking, do you have a definition for the, what that would look like? Not, not really, because I used to think success was like one thing, or like, oh, you're successful now. But I, I don't. I believe that you can have like successful moments that that shape your journey, but I don't believe in in success as like a whole. If that makes sense, like a capping, like a limit, like a level, yes. like a hundred percent. You know, like- I was listening to an artist, and he said, "Don't rest on your successes." And I like that because then I was like, oh, okay, so that's like one moment that we're not going to rest on. It's not it's not success as a whole. So now I just don't even see, uh, yeah, I don't, like, not that it doesn't have an existence. I think you can have, um, as I, yeah, as I said, successful moments, but I don't, like, what, who, who in your eyes is successful? I'm going to interpret that differently. So does it exist? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's subjective as well, like, similar to art. So... Um, that's an interesting one. Can I appreciate that. That's that's huge. <laughs> that that is huge. You know, like you can have moments of success, but success is not like a whole thing. Like a yeah. I get what you're saying. Like it's huge. That's that's huge. I that's, hope that makes sense. <laughs> it yeah. makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, um, and I've never heard it expressed that way. Uh, it's definitely like the first time, but it's definitely new to me um, because I think kind of starting off. Uh, for myself and this project um, I kind of have things that I'm looking at and I'm like you know when I reach this or if I do this then I'm like I'm good you know like I'm successful I'm not saying that I'm stopping but I think I've reached a level or a point where I'm like um, kind of content but which is dangerous as well I think when I start looking at myself that way 
I stopped pushing myself. I stopped growing and I stopped getting better, you know. Well, it's so, complacency, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. That's the word. <laughs> and, I, and I guarantee you, like, you know, sub, I feel like people like us are wired very similarly. You will get to that stage where you think you're going to be content and you mm, never will be. Mm. And I think I, 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 I start to think of, like, some of the biggest people who've ever done it you know, in terms of artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, business people. You, you see them continually doing more, you know, opening a new business or starting a new project onto the next movie, a new album, you know, uh, a new art exhibition. And it's like, but I thought the last one was like so big, but it's like you're never fully satisfied. Um, and there's all much, there's so much more expression to be shared with the world, you know? Yeah, um, 100%. And if I'm being completely honest, like I just had one of the biggest moments in my career mm-hmm. and I still went through a really down period after. Which That's is crazy. Wild That's to, crazy. I hate to say it because I don't want to like take away from, I'm not, you know, it's not that I'm ungrateful, but it's, that's a classic example that when you think you're going to be on top of the world and you've gotten somewhere, it's and I and I know that now because I've that's I've been through that a fair few times. So, um, but it, it, I think you need to approach approach uh, open minded and know that it's not always sunshine and roses when you think you've hit your peak. If that makes sense, no, because that that, that makes a, a lot of sense. There's a hole that comes after that you feel like you need to fulfill more. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, and yeah. I think tying it back to people looking at you and be like, yo, so you're, you're just, you're done now? Like, how's your life changed? And it's like, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm going through the most right now, if, you, if, you, if you'd like to know. Uh, but it's, it's not, like you're saying, you're not taking away from the moment and how grateful you are for it. But I think it's the reality of being a human being. <laughs> you know, life, life around us doesn't stop moving. Um, you know, struggles don't just miraculously pause or being sick or whatever it is that's going on in your life doesn't stop because you've had one huge moment you still need to navigate and deal with those things um but like we mentioned earlier it's just like being able to find a balance in uh dealing with your low moments but also like finding energy in your high moments and using that to boost yourself up and use that to propel you forward you know um so i appreciate your vulnerability so much <laughs> no <laughs> yeah I, I i'm careful with what i you know because mm. I, I know a lot of people want to experience something like that or be in that situation so i definitely want, don't want to take away from that but i think it is important to know that you know when you sometimes we look at other people you're like oh i want to get there and when i get there i'm going to be content but i can tell them if if you have that much drive and passion and purpose that you want to get there i guarantee when you get there you're still going to want more so it's it's i think a good good honest way to approach you know your journey we appreciate that i think as humans we are very difficult to please and satisfy <laughs> very difficult yes. to please and satisfy yes uh we always very. need more um like but, look at the rock for example everyone's <laughs> like oh why does he do so much and you know i spoke to him he doesn't sleep much and he's always working and it's the same it's it, we face the same things just on different scales on different scale oh, that's so big <laughs> 
that's so huge um because i think i'm always thinking um and i'm always t- i'm constantly trying to learn not to think this way but i want to be at so and so's level you know i want my podcast game to be at so and so's level i want my photography game to be in so and so's level but funny enough that individual is looking at the next person they're like oh i wish i could be and it's like if we all if we all tried to be like the next person there would be no original content there would be no uniqueness and it'd be pretty sad world you know um so i think like you say we're all at different levels we're experiencing it differently um and it's just being able to like you said at the beginning stay in your lane you know like that's a huge thing um i think it's just kind of said in passing but there's so much value um individually and for the rest of the world that can come out of just focusing on yourself and trying to be the best version of yourself every single exactly. day you know yeah and that's just taking like positive inspiration from you know others i think that's that's amazing but like if you're not and like you're worrying about what other people are doing, it's not fueling your tank. I think you need to, you know, definitely stay in that lane and wait until you have the capacity to take to, you know, shift that negative energy into a positive energy. Definitely. Mm. Oh, speaking of inspiration, actually, um, it reminds me of your the project you're working on, Luminary. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. W- w- please tell me more about that because I'm very intrigued. I'm very interested to know what it is you're building there and where the inspiration for that came from. So thanks for asking. Yeah, that Luminary is my third NFT collection and uh, Luminary is basically to inspire, to influence, um, you know, you can say shine a light, uh, you know, in your darkest hours. And I think I wanted to honour, you know, NFT space being a new space, I wanted to honour um, some great humans who oh, have faced... Go. Yeah, um, who had faced adversity, who had faced illness, disease, um, who had shaped, you know, um, human rights, civil rights, who have been activists in the hardest of times. And I think it's, you know, and people are like, oh, but, but we haven't done that. And I think for me it's more of a reminder to say it doesn't matter what scale you're doing things as long as you, you know, it just I just want to inspire people to leave the world a better place. And just to be great um, and show them that you can be great no matter what adversities you come across. So I think, um, yeah, I, there was 11, 11 physical artworks and then 11 NFTs of each artworks in which um, I'm raffling the physical. So Einstein's minted out um, or sold out, sorry, rather, and um, I still have uh, a fair few other NFTs up for grabs and anyone who is an nft holder will get access to my course as well and yeah basically i think it's just a different i'm just exploring a new space i think no one's an expert in any field and um i wanted to honor some incredible humans who have inspired me and hopefully someone can connect to at least one of you know those in the collection it's it's a beautiful collection it's a beautiful project i absolutely love it um and like can we expect more of such projects in the future more nft type projects definitely yes Mm. i think they you know i'm figuring out what works and what doesn't work and um i think the biggest thing for me was you know bridging physical and digital and um staying true to my craft in that sense and that's 
sort of why I didn't drop a 10,000 generative PFP project because that's never been how I've sort of approached my work. And I was like, okay, let's not get caught up in that. Let's take 10 steps back, knock a look, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I, there definitely will be more collections, I think. And how, how long did it take you or how long does it take you to create a full set like that? Oh, I can't even explain how long this collection Shucks. took. It like, uh, so I worked on it for about a year in terms of the physicals because they spent about 40 to 50 hours and there's 11 of them. Shucks. Um, so <laughs> on each of them. What? And then I believe that we did with, I worked with my team and I believe that we did about 10 to 15 rounds on every single one of them for the animations and then obviously there's the mint page there's the there's all of the research and the descriptions written and um you know key dates and and then obviously all the content because i wanted to express you know what it meant to me and and really get behind the, to the forefront of the project and express that too so we're talking thousands of hours wow <laughs> yeah that's huge and that's a lot um but you also dropped a little bit in there about having a team that you work with um yes yes yeah. So I have um, full-time Alessandra who works for me. She works full-time. Um, she's sort of operations. She does everything, everything from helping to the pro- with the projects to, you know, we've got an exhibition on Friday to running that to dealing with print orders, dealing with clients. Um, and I have an agent as well. And then I have a team um, of a couple of people who help with the NFT side of things. So, yes, small team, but it's good. And my dad works with me on murals. <laughs> That's beautiful. A small team yeah. indeed. And I think my comment there or question there is like as a creative person or as creative human beings, like I'm saying everybody's creative, we all think differently and see things differently, you know, and especially with uh, very intricate forms of expression like art, music, uh, poetry or filmmaking it's very different it's very difficult to find people who think the way you think so you've got you've got this vision in your head every time you go to sleep every time you wake up you know it's developing and then trying to convey that to people and then having them help you bring it out exactly the way you want to is difficult so were you always big on having a team or it's something that you've had to learn that oh snap <laughs> there's so much value in it and then also the process of finding the best people to work with. What's that been like oh, for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I basically, uh, I did everything on my own for the first eight or so years. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> wow. Um, obviously with some help from family here and there. Um, and then I was represented by an agency for three years. Um and as much as they were great, I don't feel like they understood me as a creative. Um, I got told that I charged too much for my work and I was like, well, hang on a second. Um, it's art and you're representing me so you should believe in. Um, anyways, well, I got told that it was very expensive. So uh, and art is very subjective. So anyway, so I left that agency and um, I was very grateful for what they did do for me in that time and the support that I was shown. Um, so I don't want to take that away. But I that it's funny you said that. It's so hard to find people who understand and I've worked with multiple people over the years where, you know, they they to the core of it, they just don't get, you know, how it works. And I, I don't um 
so finally I, you know, that my agent and, and Alessandra, like they do understand and they understand like the challenges and that it's not all sunshine and roses and, um, they are trying to help me too, to, you know, like to charge what you're worth and to, to, because if I don't do that, no one will for us. So, um, as, a, and, you know, standing, standing, standing up for all artists basically. So yes, on that note, it's been so, so hard. Um, I think it's okay to let go of people that you work with and it's okay to, you know, um, work with a few different people and figure out that they're not for you. Uh, some people think that it looks bad if you, you know, you let someone go or you work with different people. I think it's, it's okay. Like let's normalize that. Um, your team is a testament to how you hold yourself and how you treat people too. So I think it's really important. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. They're definitely an extension of who you are when you're, when you're not there in the studio and people rock up it's 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 them that represent you know the brand you know what i'm saying so it's 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 very critical it's very important like you're saying to have the confidence to let go of who you need to let go and bring in who you need to bring in and it's a very difficult delicate process that definitely definitely and um you know like my nft team christian and michael who i work with closely colleagues um nft that like I am so particular. I did a million rounds of designs and they're never like, oh, D, like it's fine, just leave it. Like no one else is going to notice. They will honour, you know, everything I say and lift me up and I think that patience is really important, um, definitely, or people just respecting your vision. So Love to. Shout out to them. Shout out to yeah. them for that. That, that so is cool. That is very beautiful. Um, yeah, but you've given me so much of your time already and I really do appreciate it. I, I am about to wrap up. I know you've got a lot of other things to get to. I just have a couple more questions and then we'll be done in like the next uh, couple of minutes. But yeah, I just want to say thank you. Really appreciate it. I've learned so much and I'm looking forward to see you grow and uh, continue to change the narrative. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, it's so good to connect. Awesome. Yeah. So my last question before we play a short game is um, I want to hear more about Paint and Sip Studio um what it is what i i find that very interesting I'm, I'm always attracted to what's different what's unique uh things i've never heard of things i've never seen and seeing what inspired them and seeing what it is that those projects or those endeavors are trying to achieve so you because you live in newcastle don't you i live in newcastle so yeah. you'd have a few there's a few around you i think there's a pinot and picasso near you yes yeah yes, yeah um so Melbourne, uh, the boys approached me, or would have been 2019, so three years ago now. And um, I just loved the concept. I know how people feel after painting, um, you know, <laughs> alcohol involved or not. Like I, I know how, even if, you know, I look at their piece, I'm like, mm, that's like I know how proud, <laughs> I know how proud people feel when they create something. Yeah. And, I think for me, like that, how it relates with mental health and how you feel after you've just expressed yourself in some way, shape or form aligned with me. And uh, we, um, my studio in Malvern was actually the first one that the we um, opened in Melbourne. So I'm just a co-owner. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just a really cool concept and I, be- I believe in it and I think um, – you know, obviously with COVID happening, we've had a lot to catch up on and 
I feel like the wheels still aren't completely in motion because there is a lot I want to do with like kids and, um, you know, I think art therapy is a huge one too. And so there's a lot that I want to do with that. I think we just need to, um, take it one step at a time, but it's amazing that, you know, I'm honored that the guys trusted me to join forces with them and, and have that space. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty fun. Food, alcohol, paint. <laughs> I think I need to uh, make an effort to make a trip down to the one in Newcastle as well. Um, I love, I love when you say art therapy, like that's a thing. And I advise everybody to, you know, tap into that energy. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely a cool initiative, like, um, very attractive, very different, very unique. Um, and, and, and I, and I love where it's going. It's just like, again, with everything that all these creatives are working on, I just, wish nothing but the best and to see it grow and impact more people. Thank you. you know? no, I appreciate um, that. Thanks. So kudos to you guys for, for that. Thank you for uh, giving us a platform to speak about it. So let's go. I love Takes it. two to I tango. My <laughs> pleasure. Um, but that's, that's that I think for me in terms of like four more questions, I just have five other questions, which are, would you rather questions? Um, I just love to end off my podcast. Oh, I love this. A little bit of a lighter note. Some of them get crazy. Some of them aren't too crazy, but it's just like. To see oh, let's go! Like, this is what cool. What you do? Give me more what than five. This is fun. <laughs> what you do? Don't worry about my next situation. meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, like snap. games. You're gonna get me into trouble. You're gonna get me into trouble. <laughs> They're just five, um, because obviously we've been speaking for like an hour, and I just like to uh, keep it short and quick. Um, but the first one is: Would you rather have a bottomless gas tank? Or never be stuck in traffic again. Never be stuck in traffic again. Is the traffic in Melbourne bad? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> well, I just think about how much more I can be doing when I'm stuck in traffic. When you're stuck in traffic. But I'm also thinking about the money of money you can save when you never have to buy petrol ever again. Yeah, true. You can only pick one. Though. I just feel like, no, no, definitely not stuck, stuck in traffic. I feel like it's sometimes I toot people when it's really rude and it turns me into <laughs> a bit of a demon. Like Luke, my partner, I'm like the most patient person most of the time, but I just, he, I get on the horn sometimes and it's really bad. So, you know, you saying you're a patient person and then using the, the horn. word horn I in the same sentence is like... <laughs> I know it's like it brings out. See, it just brings out the devil in me. I don't like the person oh, overcoming the car, so we need to eliminate traffic. Okay, so we're definitely eliminating traffic. Yeah. That's that for that one. Uh, the yeah. next one is: Would you rather live by the beach or live in a cabin in the woods? That's a really hard one. Oof, yeah, but I'm gonna say beach. Why though? I there's something about the oh see because I love the green my ideal situation would to be to live in like Mexico by the beach in in the forest like that would be my ideal situation um you're literally getting the best of both worlds both worlds yes but if I had to choose I would say beach just I think there's something about morning swims and the serenity in the water and what you feel when your feet are in the sand and the smell and yeah I dig that Um, yeah I think I'd go for the woods Okay. I'll I think I'd up. go for the woods. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Bring you some sand. <laughs> Bring you some sand and some water. I love sun, uh, so I love the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go for the beach. And then the third one is, would you rather have a great short-term memory or a great long-term memory? 
So if you have one, you have a terrible one for the other. Long term. Why long term? Because I feel like there's a lot that, oh, like, you know when you you catch up with people and they remember stories, like, (laughs) differently or, like, they they remember things and I, it's just completely wiped from my memory. I would just love to to sort of remember things that have happened years ago, like, more clearly or the story just warps a little bit and I'm like, oh, I don't actually know what's right anymore. Yeah. That's actually not so bad. I mean, catching up with someone and actually remembering them is a good thing. Imagine meeting someone and they know you and then you're like, um, where from? <laughs> we met you. I met you five minutes ago. <laughs> True. You know? <laughs> True. So it's, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with long term because that would just be funny. <laughs> Short term. Sorry, I don't remember you. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah. Um, okay, so long-term memory. Uh, yeah. I've got two more and we'll we'll wrap it up. Um, <laughs> would you rather have would you rather own a wine farm or be able to travel the world for a year, all expenses paid? And it's travel, crazy. You talk travel the word world for a year because I feel like I'll have a wine farm when I'm older. Ah <laughs> uh, Hey, you're tricking the game here. <laughs> Like, I feel like wine is something that I'm, like, it'll just be a part of my life. Like, I feel like because I collect now and I feel like mm. I'll make wine later in life. So, I think definitely travel for a year. Travel. The- and then I'll learn more about wine. Out of out of interest's sake, uh, where would you go first? What's your first destination? Africa. Oh, place is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that place is beautiful. Where, where, where's your accent? Are you South African? No, I'm not South African. I'm Zimbabwe. Okay. But I did stay in South Africa for like the last three years. Because your accent is very, um, what's the, this is like, I hope I'm not, like Afrikaans, where's, um, Yes, a lot of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people who come from Zimbabwe. Yes. Um, a lot of people assume like you're not the first person to think I'm okay. from South Africa. Yeah, I had, sorry, like, I, five don't, I didn't offend you, but like it's very <laughs> yeah. much like Afrikaans accent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's interesting. Love. Oh, I want to go to Zim. That's my dream. Beautiful place. Uh, start with Vic Falls. Start with Victoria Falls. Oh my god. If if you're ever going to, let me just. I had a trip booked um to do Kilimanjaro. Oh. And um, a few other really cool adventures. And Don't tell me six COVID. weeks. Don't COVID, tell me it was COVID. Had my oh bags my packed. Days. Shut the borders the day before I left. Oh my days. Yeah. But what would you have rather happened? The borders shut before you left, or the borders shut after you leave? I would love to get stuck in Africa and just travel <laughs> for years. I mean, I think it would have been a logistical nightmare um, to try and yeah. So I and, and I shouldn't joke about that because people actually did get stuck in yeah, places that and couldn't get true, out. That is true. I shouldn't joke, but it you know someone's like, "What if you get stuck?" I'm like, "That sounds great to me." But would it be so bad? Would it be so bad to be stuck in Africa? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But in all fairness, like it was a horrible time for a lot of people. Yeah, so yeah. I shouldn't joke about that. Okay, um, so Africa is definitely your first de- destination. And 100%. You're, pick, you're picking all expenses, pay travel over yes. the wine farm. And then you can come and show me around. Do you have lots of family in Zimbabwe? Yeah, yeah. I've got all my family, <sighs> most of my family. I've got my sister here yep. and my aunt here. And then my youngest sister, my parents, my grandparents, cousins. Oh, you know, They're everybody's back home. Oh, everybody's you, back home. Are you going back? I know, sorry, but are you going back anytime soon? Not anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, maybe sometime next next year. Awesome. I'm just trying to f- 
settle in. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I've been here for a year, but I'm still saying I'm still settling in. But it's really funny because nah. I didn't notice your accent until like a while in. So like you, your English is like perfect, and you sound like you have a your accent's very Australian. Like we rubbed off on you already. No way! Yeah. No way! <laughs> no, no, I only didn't notice it until <gasps> like when we sent voice memos. I don't think I noticed it. So it's interesting. Did I sound Australian in the voice memos? Yeah. Or, oh, shucks. Yeah. Like, I thought that maybe you were from Adelaide because people in Adelaide have, like, a bit of, like, a British accent. Oh, shucks. Yeah, it's good. So it's interesting. <laughs> that is very interesting. Yeah. Kudos oh, wow. to you. That's awesome. <laughs> That's impressive. That's impressive. My dad's oh. been in Australia for 30 – no, sorry, hang on. 40 years and he still has the thickest accent. Where's he from? Switzerland. Shucks. That is pretty cool. I'd mm. like to go to Switzerland. Mm. Okay, you know what? I'm drifting. I'm drifting. Sorry, that's I've me. got <laughs> I love tangents. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, one more question and then um, we can let you go. Uh, would you rather never get a flu again or be the winner of the Melbourne Cup? Mm, never get a flu again. Yo. <laughs> I thought the Melbourne Cup was huge, you know, like. Nah, I don't really care about it. That's really bad. That sounds really bad. <gasps> oh, that's crazy. Because where I work, we had we had an off day for the Melbourne Cup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, same. Yeah, we did too. <laughs> Sorry. I, you know what? I worked, so it's not as if I took advantage. I worked. I worked. <laughs> oh. I don't get sick often, but I feel like if I knew that I wouldn't get the flu, that's good. Because then you can't pass yeah. it on to other people too, you know? You can't pass it on to other people. Yeah. Shucks. That, that was... That was... <laughs> That was not satisfying. That last one was not satisfying. She I'm sorry. doesn't care yeah. about the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> not that I don't care. It's just that. Oh, man. I feel like I would be, if I won the Melbourne Cup, I wouldn't care as much as other people, and I think that's rude. I think next time. Similar next to time, my tooting. <laughs> next time we have you on the podcast, I'll structure those ones very differently. Okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> but it's been an absolute pleasure, uh, Danielle. Thank you so, so much no, uh, for you. taking time out and being on the podcast. This podcast is nothing without people like you who take time out of their schedule to sit down and chat with us. So great pleasure and honor. No, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. I was I was sitting and you were like <laughs> you were saying, Oh, I was just sitting there looking at the rock and I was like, how do these things happen to me? And I'm sitting here and I'm like, how do these things happen to me? <laughs> it's so, see, it's all the same. It's just on different, like, it's different, weird, different levels. It? Yeah, it's different so, levels, different yeah. perspectives. Like, I've, I've been telling everybody, like, I'm sitting down with Daniel Weber, guys. Like, yeah, oh, you don't God. even know. You don't even know. So this is, this is huge for me and I appreciate it. No, thank you. That means a lot.